Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week, there's a knock at the cabin. Hello. Hello. Wow. Here Hello. We no. Oh. <laughs> Should you do like a barbershop quartet thing instead? Is that what you want, Micah? No, you were just what you said. Very, you pitched down I'm for sorry. your hello. You sounded I'm very, sorry. you sounded mad at the audience. <laughs> hey. Ugh. Ugh. These guys again. <laughs> this whole thing. Yeah, that's how you sounded. Well, speaking of this whole thing, Micah. Huh? What? Let's introduce the people to the show. Who, huh? It's <laughs> it's called Recently Logged, and we talk about the movies. Well, they already clicked on it. They know what, what it's called. They and might the, not that we're know. talking about the movies. They might not know. Well, they know we're talking about a movie, probably, but <laughs> they might not know what the show is, you know? Well, anyway, here we are. Anyway, Robbie, <laughs> since you since you already said my name, yes. Uh, what what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about the latest uh, directorial effort from M Night Shyamalan, a, a pretty towering figure in film, I would say. Very interesting. Very figure interesting figure in film, in, film <laughs> in recent years. Well, just I mean, just I in guess, general. Yeah, in just general. In general. <laughs> yeah. He's had some weird phases in his career, um, and this new phase, um, we've already covered uh, the first movie he did for Universal in the, his two-picture deal. This is the second one that we're covering today, but we talked about Old uh, already last season, our I think. Our hot takes. Yeah, our hot take on Old. <laughs> uh, and this, this week, we're talking about his new Universal movie, uh, Knock at the Cabin. Got to play it every time we say it. You got to have that. <laughs> I really want that. It better be in the edit. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's it's just got to happen. Um, <laughs> so, uh, do we want to get into yeah our brief thoughts? Well, no. Let's yeah. let's tell the people what they need to know oh, about yeah, the movie yeah, first, yeah. Micah. For some reason, I thought we did brief thoughts and then basic <laughs> no. facts, but that wouldn't make any sense. That wouldn't make any sense. I'm tired. I just woke up. <laughs> Let's let's tell the people what they need to know about Knock at the Cabin. <laughs> let's. Alright, so again we're talking about Knock at the Cabin, which is a 2023 film. It's rated R. It's an hour and 40 minutes. Its little IMDb description is, while vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Its cast features Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Aruka Bird, uh, Rupert Grint, Abby Quinn, Kristen Q and others very and nice like all of the main I was cast say, that's that like, I just that's like pretty much the cast of the movie <laughs> uh, it is directed by m night Shyamalan and it is written by uh, uh m night Shyamalan, m. Night Shyamalan. And, then Shyamalan. and there's the two people who uh, wrote the original initial draft of it and the yeah, book author i was about to say well. book author paul tremblay yes uh and then the other two screenplay people are steve desmond and michael sherman yes um, pretty cool <laughs> any 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 other people of note or um the cinematographer i don't remember his name but i'm very fond of his work um he's the guy who shot greener grass as well oh, there's two cinematographers credited on this one of them is uh jaron Bloschk, mm-hmm. uh which is um robert eggers cinematographer very nice yeah i remember you mentioning that back um, when we first watched it and then the other is lowell mayer i think Interesting. Uh, who is the greener grass cinematographer 
which is very interesting combining their styles. <laughs> right? No, it feels like a really good marriage of their styles, yeah, actually. That's actually really neat. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get some of the um, cool motion and framing from um, Egger's cinematographer. I can't remember his name. Um, and you get a lot of the more surrealist uh, stuff in the kind of the way they use light with the greener grass guy. Yeah. I wish I remembered their name. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I I'm, I'm a big fan of your work. I just said them. I know. I forgot. <laughs> Very interesting. A lot of the people who worked on this haven't worked on much else. Mm -hmm. um, even, I mean, heck, even those two cinematographers are not They're super pretty new. prolific. Yeah. Um, but a very interesting crew to bring to the movie. Very good crew. Oh, and I, I forgot his daughter is uh, credited as under additional direction. Hey, nice. So that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, I think she's <laughs> directing. I think she's like straight up directing a movie. I think he was producing. Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, the Watchers. The Watchers. That's right. Yeah. Pretty so that's exciting. Cool. I think it's cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, now let's. That's what you need to know. That's, that's what, what you need, need to know about, about Knock at the Cabin. Uh, now let's get into uh, our thoughts on Knock at the Cabin. Let's do it. So, Rami. Yes. What What do you think of Knock at the Cabin? Knock at the Cabin. Um, I think that it's perhaps Shyamalan's best movie. And if not, Ooh. if not, it is at least my favorite movie <laughs> from him. Or it's his favorite movie of all time. No, not my favorite movie of all time. It could be. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really like it, if that was not clear. Um, I really adore its cinematography and its lighting. I found out that they used a lot of like um, 90s lenses, like specifically lenses manufactured in the 90s to give it a more retro feel. And I think it really works. Um, I, I, again, framing, lighting, uh, blocking. Uh, visually, I think it's a masterwork, regardless of uh, some of its other elements being kind of weird sometimes. <laughs> um, I love the cast. Dave Bautista, I, uh, most people praise his performance in this, and I, it's for good reason. I think he's the standout of this cast. Um, and, and he's phenomenal <laughs> here. <laughs> but the whole ensemble is great. Um, I love the, I love the screenplay, personally. I know a lot of people think the dialogue can be kind of clunky, um, and I think, I, I don't know. I, I think it works. criticize Shyamalan for his dialogue. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think in this instance, a, a lot more than some of his other movies, I think the kind of way he writes works a lot better was, because it's meant to be kind of stilted say, and like vague. Almost. Having seen old and this, mm -hmm. the dialogue works in this way better than yeah, old. Yeah. I was about is, to say it old, makes a lot Old is sense. a little rough sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I would, that's much, a much better criticism for old than knock at the cabin, I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the screenplay a lot. I love the symbolism. I love how, uh, love driven the entire movie is. That's like the whole thing with this. And I think it works really, really well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a phenomenal movie. It's really well paced too and edited. So I I have a great time watching it. I've I've seen it twice now. So what'd you rate it? I rated it a five out of five. I, wow. I think it's pretty darn close to perfect. I have a few problems with the way it handles like its plot elements near the end, like most people do. Um but yeah, I, I think it's pretty 
pretty close to perfect. What about you, Micah? What do you think of Knock at the Cabin? Your brief thoughts are never so brief, Rebby. <laughs> that was only like that was like that was like a minute. No, it was not. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I I like Knock at the Cabin. I think it's a cool, good movie. Wow. I think it's shot really well. I love the cast. Again, Dave Bautista is definitely a standout. Yes. Uh, somebody somebody made a joke. Uh, they were like, imagine, like, for, I think it was actually Houston, but he was like, imagine if, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson played this role. It would be laughable. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, Dave Bautista is um, such a good actor. Man. The cinematography and the editing are really, really fantastic. Again, this this movie really is just kind of a visual masterwork. A lot of the times because of the blocking and framing all working together in kind of a seamless nature. It's amazing. Um, I I think it's it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I like um I like the tension that the movie has going for a lot of it. And it's it's really just kind of an enjoyable story. I really love the central romance and I yeah. love the themes and everything. I think it's kind of goofy, but in a fun way. Um, <laughs> it's a little silly. Sure. And then it's it's just not like it's not my favorite thing in the world. It doesn't fully hit it in the end for me. Uh, but I do really get, you know, emotionally connected to the story. Yeah, I think that's really what sells it. I think uh, I give it a four and a half out of five. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess that's our our summarized thoughts. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you have Do you have a question you wanted to kick us off with? Sure, I've got a question. All right. Uh, what's your favorite scene or sequence? Favorite scene or sequence. This is a really tough movie to pick that out for, <laughs> since the whole thing is kind of one continuous sequence, really. Wow. Uh, except you know, except for the flashbacks. Um. I, I honestly don't know. It, I think it's pretty, like, nonstop great the whole time. So I, I would have a hard time plucking yeah, is something there, is out. Is there, like, a, a moment you enjoy most? Um, Anything? I don't know. There's... Any like, particular beats you want to even just shout out? I really like... I don't know. I really like, like, the sacrifice scene at the end. I really like um, basically any of the flashbacks. I don't know. I, it, it would It's tough. I think to pick something. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had more to say. I don't. I don't know. I, like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I don't think Robbie actually likes any scenes. No, he can't. He can't pick any out. Uh, I really like. Uh, for me, the initial uh, little bit, especially with. Um, really, I, I love a lot of this from when um, Dave Bautista's character first comes. Yeah, Leonard yeah. and. All the way up to like Redmond's death is mm. probably my favorite. Yeah, scene like of the, the opening movie. of the movie. Yeah, yeah, the entire opening is really, really it's fantastic. So <laughs> um, it's when I'm. It's usually when I'm most invested in the movie. Interesting. Um, I think it's got some really amazing cinematography during that moment, and does a really good job of like kind of getting you very interested in what's happening, what's going on, who these characters are. Leonard especially is a really fun character yeah and being able to get introduced to him in that way is always very interesting to me plus you got the whole grasshopper thing that is true which the, I think the is the opening scene the opening scene is really good I should have thought of that <laughs> no Rebbe, you didn't think of that <laughs> I don't know you, you didn't think of anything the, you got... my brain is like it's all one movie but it's not Rebbe. there are, there are scenes even <laughs> there that's are scenes. multiple different scenes I was about to say even on a on a more technical level it's split into like four sections <laughs> yeah 
but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. The, the opening scene is very, very good. I, I really like, I don't know. I just get very emotional at the end. I, I get very emotional throughout this movie though. See, I don't get that emotional. I get I, emotionally I know, I invested. T- I teared I up like three times during this movie. That I'm like, did, oh man. That did not happen for me. <laughs> um, but segue segue uh, what did you what do you think of the uh, central the central theme and romance okay. of of like i don't know the, i feel like we're doing this again where we're like oh let's talk about the representation of a movie that doesn't represent us. right but what do you think of the of the central themes because i think they're very interesting having to do specifically with romance yeah um i'm i'm pretty sure that this is relatively unchanged from the book cuz i was like i wonder if it's like this in the oh, book interesting. um but like I know Shyamalan changed the ending, uh, at least slightly. He made it less vague and dark, apparently, <laughs> which maybe is for That's the worst. A I don't know. Um, <laughs> but as for like representation, uh, I don't know. I feel like this is pretty tasteful well, as no, far yeah. as that goes. Really, the only thing I ever see people complain about in terms of actual representation mm-hmm. is the fact that they never kiss in the whole movie, which is still kind of goofy. Yeah. Like, it's it's a good romantic representation on screen. I was about to say, for those who um, haven't seen the movie, the movie, the two main characters are uh, a gay, like, couple. <laughs> yeah, it's the... It's and they two, have a daughter two, and everything. Two gay dads. Yeah, two gay That's dads. That's what the movie's kind of about. Yeah. But... Uh, it's it's very interesting to have a movie about two gay dads and then they don't kiss they at don't all kiss. in the entire movie. Not in they the tease it. They tease it so hard. Not, I not think. anywhere, which isn't like inherently a bad. Yeah, thing, not necessarily. But at the same time, you know, like I squint at it. I'm like, oh, what's, mm. what's going on over what's going there? On over there. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time. Uh, Jonathan Groff and uh, I just lost his name Ben Aldridge. Ben Aldridge really is really, really good sell here. the performances. Yeah, I their romance and like their their chemistry on screen mm. is fantastic. It's so good. They're so good to watch. I mean, it, that's that's what sells um, most of the movie. Honestly, I love their flashbacks. Um, Jonathan yeah. Groff especially, and I'm not a big like I've never been a big Jonathan <laughs> Groff guy, but I really love his performance in he's, this. He's amazing here. I honestly like having seen. I, I don't know most voice acting roles from him um and like hamilton uh he's i think this is like easily his best thing that i've seen yeah um he's he's amazing here like he brings such a nice like grounded empathetic performance to this movie which i did not expect when i first when i heard that jonathan groff was <laughs> right in a new m night Shyamalan movie i'm like what <laughs> But it's very interesting too, because I wanted to, because not not just representation. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to talk about like kind of the themes that plays into, because it's very interesting in mm-hmm. the movie uh, how they use the fact that they're gay to kind of tie into the fact that I mean, what what is Andrew thinks they're being specifically targeted <laughs> yeah, exactly. for that, and like that plays into a lot of how they handle the situation. No, I actually I was gonna praise this because I think that this is one of the few stories I know of where like, you know the LGBTQ-ness of it all is, like, vital to its plot and very, like, good, I think. Um, Like, I don't know. It's very impressive, honestly, because... Yeah, you couldn't tell the story the way it's told at all without them being a gay couple. I was about to say, the way it... the, the Kind of the whole crux of the movie is that their love for each other and for their daughter is so pure that it, like, is the saving grace of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is Which, awesome. Which, I was going to yeah. say, is a pretty beautiful message. Yeah. Um, and I think it ties 
really well into the tension of the movie, mm-hmm. especially with Redmond or I guess O'Bannon. O'Bannon, exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of weird because <laughs> O'Bannon's not a very common name, but <laughs> O'Bannon is, is, is writer of Alien, worked on Yodorowsky's <laughs> Dune, something I've been doing. Wow. A bunch of, I was about to say, what does this have to do with Knock at the <laughs> No, I'm making a video on Dune and that's all I've been thinking about for a while. So that's just where my mind went when I, I hear O'Bannon. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I I think it's I, I don't know I think it's pretty brilliant. No, I really love I really love how it's used for tension. I love how it's used for representation and how they frame it in a more positive light. Yeah. Um, no, it's and just the way the leads use their performances to carry the like the weight and emotional like oomph of the movie. Yeah. No, I like I said I think the whole reason the movie works so well for me like obviously I think it's very well made but. Um, I think part of that is just how, like, amazingly well-performed <laughs> the two central parts are. Yeah, on top of uh, Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista. Who is just fantastic in this. Right. I, this is such a good role for him. Um, yeah, no, he has, like, this, this like, towering uh, figure in, like, every shot of this movie. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> Which is great. Uh, the way they frame him, yeah. because they're constantly, like, using his body to cut off the frame with how big he is. Yeah. And, like, his head is often cut out of frame because they're framing <laughs> him as being so big. Right. And, like... No, he's very imposing, but in a very, like, gentle kind of way during a lot of this movie, which is not an easy thing to pull off. Exactly. Even in the opening, he seems just massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which, I mean, he's a big guy, yeah. but he's, like... This movie and its and its blocking and cinematography just make him huge, right? And it's actually funny because you pointed out uh, later in, in one of the scenes they have him framed like very differently, and he looks tiny. I was about to like, say when they when they when they have the gun and they like push him into the bathroom and lock him in there, he looks so tiny right, right before they close the door. <laughs> it's very good. Where like one of my one of my one of the funniest things in this that I think works super well in the movie, but it always makes me laugh is that during like one of the main scenes, they use his head to cut off the side of the frame mm-hmm. so then they can do a shot on uh, Andrew and a shot on Eric. Eric, there you and, go. I always uh, forget his name. <laughs> and like using his head to cut the frame. Yeah. And it's really funny. It's pretty cool. They, but it looks really good. I was about to say the way they separate um Andrew and Eric like visually for a lot of the movie is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, like with it, how tight and claustrophobic mm-hmm. the movie is shot, it gives a lot of separation between them. I was about to say, and when they eventually like are in the frame together, it's it feels a lot more meaningful. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of crazy that they didn't kiss before <laughs> dying in each other's arms. I don't know, man. It's it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's just kind of a it's 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 just a goofy thing. I'll always <laughs> I'll always just laugh at that. Yeah. Uh, but do you have a question? Um, I feel like I did, and now I forgot what it was. Oh yeah, uh, you mentioned that you really like the crickets, Micah. Is there a particular the reason? Right? Grasshoppers, yes. A cricket. Crickets. crickets. Those aren't crickets. Those aren't crickets. They're they're too scary to be crickets. Well, I think it's just uh, <laughs> like it's not a big thing. I yeah. Don't, I don't think we'd have like a whole question. Well, about okay. It, but okay. Uh, but no, no, I'll answer. I have a more I have a more well-rounded question about that. Okay. What do you, What do you think of the 
um, imagery and like some of the metaphors and stuff that are present in this because I think that wow, that's that's a much better question. I was about to say that's that's um, <laughs> a big element of this movie for me is a lot of the biblical like stuff that they pull from and a lot of the metaphorical stuff that they pull from throughout this movie so yeah. I was just wondering what you thought of that. Uh, well I think, the, I think the grasshoppers are a really interesting framing because mm-hmm. I don't have any solid thought for it yet but it, both times that I watched it I just thought especially on a rewatch I thought of the fact that they show these grasshoppers who are getting put into this trapped area together and like kind of the way humans would think about having a container of grasshoppers Mm -hmm. and the way she talks about just wanting to learn about them and everything. It kind of makes me feel like that's kind of a a little metaphor for what the theoretical god of the world Mm -hmm. is doing to them in the cabin. Yeah, no, I I thought um, especially towards the end of this movie where um, Andrew and Eric are like arguing at the end about like whether or not they should do it. Um, I was like, this kind of like the quintessential two sides of like humanity's good, humanity's evil thing that you could, you could easily see like a God figure having, you know, like it happens all the time in like Greek mythology and stuff. No, that's what I'm, that's And that's, that, that makes their dynamic so much more compelling, I think. Right. Having the two extremes of like each side of like, is humanity worth it kind of thing (laughs) and also it being a romance really helps with that too helps escalate it but outside of just the grasshoppers because that's just an initial thing there's a lot of really really good imagery and an interesting work of religion in general throughout Mm -hmm. the movie like I I made a joke in my review about it being gay Jesus but that's (laughs) I mean that's kind of his love because of their pure love uh they sacrifice something specifically yeah, exactly. in life for the sins of the world. Right. Um, and at one point, I thought I still think oh, this man. is so funny. While Andrew's in the car, <laughs> the one lady comes up and stabs him in the, the side, side with a spear. Oh, gosh. I was like, ah. It's just like the Bible. It's just like the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> just like that book, the Bible. Uh, but I no, also, I think, yeah. No, I, mean, I think that ties into yeah. a lot of its central themes of love really, mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. Um, and also the interesting stuff about the like just the apocalypse in general and mm-hmm. what they're going with that is interesting i don't think that all fully works but mainly just because at the very end eric's like they're the four the four horsemen of the apocalypse <laughs> no i still think i i was actually gonna praise the four horsemen thing that this movie does but they're very clearly the four horsemen of the apocalypse without them saying but i think i think it's a really like clever I don't know, not subversion necessarily. That's the, the wrong word for it. But it's it's a nice angle of the four, four like the four horsemen. If you are going to put them in a movie, it instead of showing like um, these four horsemen like causing devastation to the world, it's showing the virtues of the world like through the different like aspects. Yeah. Even though of even the though they still are causing devastation. I was about to say yeah, they're still they're still bringing the judgment, but also their like their positive traits are a subversion of that. Like it's yeah, the, each the each of them have of different traits that represent things in the world. Mhm. Exactly. No, and I think that's a really just clever thing to do. I think it makes uh, the whole thing a lot more nuanced and a lot more interesting to watch than just like uh 
we're the four horsemen. <laughs> it's us. I'm famine. <laughs> you know? Like that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Want to come to my restaurant? <laughs> I was about to say, like, the fact that one of the four horsemen is famine, and then you have that horseman be like a chef and like and really wants to love nourish making people. Food, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's a really cool no, it's, angle. It's, I, I like it. It's a cool it's a cool screenplay. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. Um and I th- again, I, th- I still think one of my disappointments, and I know you could be like, oh, it's just atmosphere to get you into the movie, uh, but it really, it really makes me sad that the opening credits look so sick. Like they keep showing you the sketches that the well, the, the, you all have of them to did. assume that those are like the people drawing out their visions, right? Yeah, like, that's my like, assumption. Yes, of course, that's what that's yeah. what it's applied to be. It's there. It's them drawing out their visions because it's on like random things, mm-hmm. like a newspaper and a yeah. napkin and whatever. Um, but like, it still makes me sad that we don't get anything nearly <laughs> as cool looking as those drawings. Yeah, I was about to say the imagery in the opening credits is a lot more, um, I don't know, evocative, a lot more haunting. And yeah, evocative. haunting than a lot of the stuff we get later on in the movie. Like, I, I still think, I, I still think the planes falling out of the sky is like one of the more haunting images. Yeah, of the planes falling out of the sky is, is really, really cool. That's yeah. a very, especially just like the on mass kind mm-hmm. of planes falling out. Of the it sky. looks crazy. That's man. a really cool moment. Um, <laughs> but like at the same time, yeah, it, it you don't still get any feels... of like the mangled bodies like you see in the opening or anything like that. Yeah, it feels kind of honestly in general, and I and I like it. It feels kind of toned back. Really? Yeah, like. Again, you mentioned that this is, like, M. Night Shyamalan's first rated R movie since The Happening. Yeah. And it sure doesn't feel like one. <laughs> no, it feels um, like a PG-13 movie. But, like, even in the ending, I think that's what, one of the things that I really don't like about the ending, is I feel like the ending just feels kind of, like, goofy. Like, after the planes <laughs> fall, like, what happens next doesn't really feel like... I want it to feel, like, more, like, sinister and, like, oh, no, everything is ending, not, like, a cloud with some lightning. I don't know. Everything's catching on fire, Mike. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted it to get, like, darker and, like, to it get more intense. It is pretty dark. I don't know. And oh, you're saying, like, uh, tonally darker, not visually darker? Well, like, both. the clouds are making it dark. It's not, it does not get that dark. It looks like a, a, an overclassed day. day, not, like, eternal midnight. That's funny. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it does feel a little atoned back for the apocalypse. I don't know. That, 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 I don't really know how you would change it. Yeah, it just didn't feel as, like, grandly apocalypse mm. as I wanted it to. Interesting. I think that's something in general that kind of hurts the movie with the way they play their cards. Uh, and just, like, the reveal about everything mm-hmm. and how fast it wraps up the stuff about the apocalypse. That they is have, like, a bit of a shame, two minutes yeah. before, like, it's permanent. I was about to say, they've given themselves a, like, plot clock that they have to decide before then. So we don't really, like, have enough time for, like, apocalypse stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, the apocalypse, the coolest things we get from the apocalypse stuff are the news reports. Yeah, I was about to say, in the news, I really like the TV segments in this. I think they're great. It's a really, it's a really cool way to do it. <laughs> Good fried chicken without the guilt. Dude, Ruby. the air fryer, the air fryer. <laughs> I, 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 think this might be Shyamalan's best cameo, besides maybe his old cameo. I was about to say, I like you said old, old was his best cameo. I know he keeps he keeps one upping himself, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just it, there's just something that bothers me about it that it doesn't feel 
like it quite earns the rest of the movie. That's fair. Which I feel like is that's, a pretty common sentiment I was about from to say, this movie. That's really my only criticism of the movie is that I wish it was a bit more like grandiose near yeah, the end. People, people, most people I know anyway, <laughs> even if, if they aren't like just completely like, ugh, the dialogue, kind of a lame movie. Mm-hmm. Most people I know really, really love most of the movie. Yeah. Because it's a really, like, it's just really it's good. It's a really well made movie. It's tension. And it's incredibly well crafted. It's filmmaking and it's performances. <laughs> it's all really, really good yeah. for a lot of the film. And it does a really good job of, like, you know, keep giving you good tension, mm-hmm. getting you questioning. I'm still what's shocked this, at how well paced it is. It's very well paced. Yeah. The movie breezes by. <laughs> and but the then, flashbacks don't drag at all either. Yeah, no, it's the crazy. flashbacks are really great. I, I love, like, it would it would not work nearly as well without the flashbacks. Right? Um, and then, like, you just kind of, I don't know, the ending just kind of happens. Yeah. No, that's that's really honestly the only thing that bothers me about this movie is that the ending just kind of happens. And I like the ending. But, like, it doesn't play out quite the way I want it to, like, in feeling. Yeah. Which is strange. I don't know. <laughs> which, I, which I have another question, though. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know this is going to be an interesting question, though, because this happened with me personally, but I don't think it happened with you. <laughs> what do you think of the central, like, quote-unquote mystery or twist or whatever you want to call it? I think it's, I don't know, I think it's a really clever way to, like, handle this story in the context of Shyamalan's career. Like, I think this is a really smart pick for him as a filmmaker, because it plays into his, like, classical, like, almost stage play sensibilities a lot of the time. And I think it's a really smart, like, I don't know, I, I feel like he's kind of giving a statement to critics of his work in the past. Um, not necessarily like a defense he's of like, his oh, own movies, you critics. but like, no, ah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's standing up there. Ah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think the fact that this movie doesn't really have a twist is a really good thing. Like in the, in the larger I mean, it doesn't, context, it doesn't have a twist, but yeah. it has a central mystery. It does have a mystery. Like half of the tension is by getting you to guess like. Uh, yeah, are they exactly. making all this up? I was are about to say, are crazy? they crazy? Are they targeting him? Is they... Redman really O'Bannon? Yeah. Like, you know, all of that stuff. No, and I think, I think honestly, that stuff is like the like meat of this movie. It's not like the crucial part of it, which I think is like the love stuff. But like, I think it's a really good way to ramp up the tension and keep people interested like the whole time they're watching this. I was, I'm constantly engaged. Which, you know, though, it's really funny (laughs) that, that O'Bannon was like, oh man, I gotta, you see, he's like, oh man, I gotta come up with a a new name. And he's like, (laughs) Redman. Like I'm wearing a red shirt. Wearing a red shirt. Redman. (laughs) I think, I I do think it's quite funny. Uh, I gotta say, I really do like Redmond's character. But, I, uh, I did not expect to. But yeah, no, what I was gonna mention mm-hmm. was, this wasn't as big of a problem with me on a rewatch, but on a first watch, I think the tension of the movie didn't quite fully work, and I actually got kind of bored at certain parts. Which is a real shame, because I think it works really just never, well. It worked really I well I just never me. doubted that they were correct. <sighs> like, I just figured that was just what the movie was going for. Darn. So that was what was happening. And, you know, I would just... You robbed yourself, Micah. I didn't rob myself. That's just what I grabbed from yeah. the movie. I was just like, yeah, they're probably right. Otherwise, this would be a weird <laughs> ending to the movie. And I thought it would be kind of a lame twist for Shyamalan to go for. Because I think it would have been a quote-unquote twist if they were wrong. If at the end it was revealed that I mean, there was yeah, no apocalypse. it would have been, yeah. Um, so, like, 
I don't know. I just didn't think it would go for that from what I gathered yeah. from the movie. So for a lot of the first time I watched this movie, I was just like, eh, that's Which just how it shame. goes. I don't know, Michael. We're living in the age of, uh, well, not the age, but a age of religious skepticism <laughs> <laughs> and like um, deconstruction. I, I don't know. I think having like a central tension of your movie being like skeptic of uh, like radical religious people is a is a pretty yeah, but, solid basis for tension in your movie but it, I, don't know. I never grabbed that from it because they're not religious people like, <laughs> i mean they are no like literally two of them are explicitly like eh, i'm not really religious haven't been to church in forever it's well, not it's it's not like religion in like the sense of organized religion but they are re- they have beliefs about like the universe and everything and what they have to do is what i'm saying yeah i know but like that's not like <laughs> That doesn't get me to really think about religious skepticism. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> I mean, I think it ties into a good, like, I think it ties into a good theme with Jonathan Groff's character uh, mm-hmm. being religious. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting theme that could be tackled a lot more is like LGBTQ Christians. Yeah. Because that is, that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. And they don't. poor guys (laughs) struggling poor people man they get the they get the short end of like every stick but again the tension the first time around on on a rewatch it was a lot better because i already knew what the movie was Mm -hmm. going to do and i was like okay and i could kind of handle it with what it was like i could fully deal with it on its level yeah and i just enjoyed it more but on the first watch in theaters i just i thought the central tension of will like are are, are they, they correct are or they, are they not yeah. was kind of stupid cuz I, I don't know, know maybe maybe i maybe <laughs> i'm a sucker uh, <laughs> but like when they showed the the tsunami i was like oh well i guess they're right no because <laughs> no. the whole point of um i believe it's andrew andrew's character if i'm remembering his yeah. name correctly yes um is that like he's supposed to constantly be like yeah but i thought planting, his, uh, but i thought like his, pay, playing the benefit I thought of the his doubt, doubts yeah. were kind of stupid really? sometimes yeah well some of them sure but like i don't know i thought i thought that like feeding the audience a, a possible way like that it couldn't be true is a smart way to no, keep people interested. No, I think it's a smart way to yeah. keep people interested. It just didn't work for me when I was watching it. Because I thought, I thought his arguments were kind of stupid. I thought it was so funny, Mike. I'm like, Andrew's whole character, he's basically just like a Reddit <laughs> movie fan. <laughs> he's like, well, that's dumb. You could have you could have done that <laughs> kind of thing for like the whole movie. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, again, I think it's very interesting in the context of Shyamalan's career with how many people view his movies in such a, like, a cut and dry, like, plot fashion. Well, yeah, I think it's. Where a, you're like, this is dumb. I think it's an interesting thing. thing, too, because, yeah. uh, again, I think Houston mentioned it in his review. I just, uh, I read his review last night, so I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Houston Coley, um, baby. But uh, he mentioned the fact that, like, a lot of things kind of go unexplained in the movie mm-hmm. and even honor like even once you know how it ends that honestly like just raises more questions so even though <laughs> they annoyingly like explicitly tell you like oh, oh these the are the four, four horsemen, horsemen of the apocalypse here are the things they represent here are the <laughs> things they were doing here are what's happening yeah even though they do that they're still for the majority of the movie even watching back quite a bit of mystery on what's going on mm-hmm. like the figure in the light um, oh, a lot shot. of the unexplained that things so that they much. know <laughs> and like the weird ways things go about with the tension and it could be viewed by somebody who I don't know was lame as like plot holes in the movie no. uh, but no. I, it, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> supposed to add to the like mystery and kind of 
interesting stuff that's happening there. And I think it really effectively yeah. works by even on a rewatch, you're not just like, ah, oh, here's how everything's happening. Here's this, here's that, this will happen. I was about to say, it doesn't, it doesn't lose any of its intrigue and like mystique on a second watch for me. Yeah, no, it really does. Like I said, I think it was honestly increased for me because mm-hmm. I knew where it was going. I was about to say, because you actually like, you know, for sure, you're like, yeah, they're telling the truth. Um, they got to get these people to believe them. And like all of these like tiny things that keep happening in the background and like the way they speak and their dynamics, it's, I don't know. It's a very engaging movie for me. Yeah, it's it very, it's really very well. neat. I think I think on a rewatch, it's honestly better, which is yeah. why because on an initial watch, I gave it a four. I upped it to a four and a half. This yeah. rewatch, I gave it a five. But <laughs> I gave it a five. Both I don't know, man. When a movie makes me cry this much, I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, it's I, probably. Remember, I was it. I was even close to tearing up anytime I, I know, watched man. it. The flash forward, the love confession scene. You get, I don't know, any any scene with the main romance or when they're, like, talking about their daughter, I'm like, ugh. ugh. I mean, yeah, it's really sweet. It's so sweet. But I'm not, like, crying about it. I'm crying it. about it, Micah. I'm crying about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I love it so much. Like I said, my favorite Shyamalan movie. One of my favorite Shyamalan movies, I would say. <laughs> uh, do you have any other questions, though? Um... I don't know. Uh, we mentioned how good the blocking was. What do you think of like the general like action stuff? Because there's there's some like tussles, I suppose, in tussles. the movie. Some fights, some combat. Uh, um, I was just I was just wondering what you think of like how people move and like. I think, we mentioned I think it's, it's good. I think it's really funny sometimes yeah. that the action uh, gets super Shyamalan y. <laughs> And just like in the most Shyamalan way possible. That's funny. And the most I directed split in glass oh, in yeah. way possible. I, I, I choose to forget about glass personally. But, it, but like his <laughs> the style that he leans on so hard in those movies mm. is brought out whenever they get into like a fight. Like right. uh, when he when Andrew's punching Redmond and everything and it gets the, uh, what is that called? A snorry cam, I think, uh, on Redmond. Um... I, I do not know what you're talking about. So <laughs> that's a that's a camera that's fixed on a person. Oh that, yes, that yes, where yes. things are like moving around. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I think that, you're right. Creates yeah. that effect. Uh, also, a very interesting <laughs> use of that because typically it's like on somebody's face or on something like that, but it's on his back. Yeah. While he's getting punched, which is a cool shot. But even that, and like the whole axe <laughs> and the camera, I love you, it, man. which is stealing, <laughs> which cheeky. is which is stealing shots from my hit comedy short film. <laughs> Your hit comedic short film, Citrus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, a very original shot that we came up with it's when true. we were shooting it's that movie. It's true. We, we were geniuses. <laughs> of course. No, I just think it's funny that in the action and everything, like a lot of the Shyamalanisms come out a lot in yeah. his style. But I, I do, I will have to say, I, I will have to say, I do have to say <laughs> that like... Um, I will have to say later. <laughs> the, the cinematography and the way everything's shot kind of lends a new feeling to it. It doesn't feel like a rehash of his old stuff. No, no, that wasn't, know. that's not a criticism I know, of I the know. movie. I just think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really, honestly, the coolest thing about any of the individual physical action scenes is the fact that it's just such a well-blocked and shot so movie. Well-blocked, they know always where to put the camera and where to put the actors to make mm-hmm. it the most tension that they can <laughs> give it, which is very impressive. Like, just any at any moment, the movie just feels 
like every moment was blocked like every single moment felt like it was planned there's and the, blocked. i was about to say there's this great moment um with andrew when they're when they're still tied up and it has andrew framed like all alone on one side of the room and it has like everyone else um on the other with side eric i was about to say but you get also like the um focal divide between eric and the rest of the group so it's like it has like this middle ground it's a really smart way to block out like that dialogue sequence no and even any of like the but there's there's so many instances of just like smart blocking like that any of the action scenes too especially with leonard and the way they frame him as being so massive any of the action scenes where you get him in it he feels like such a such a (laughs) insurmountable thing that they have to get around if they want to do anything he is literally taking up the frame he is he is like his even even though he is a pretty passive person (laughs) right he is just so big in the frame that he feels like the most like oh man how are we ever going to get past this with the way they frame him yeah no and he's also it's amazing and he's also even though he's the most he's he's probably the most grounded of any of them but also Mm -hmm. the strongest believer of any of them yeah exactly no i i think it's i think it's much a smudge such a smart way (laughs) smudge a smart way such a smart like use of dave bautista and the way they shoot like his characters yeah i wouldn't i I wouldn't want anyone else to play this from his physicality and his emotion and like he's such a good actor man he blows me away every time (laughs) which uh i i found on multiple like sources when i was reading up on this that uh Shyamalan specifically wanted him because he saw him in um blade runner 2049 and wanted he's like i want that guy for for (laughs) leonard i'm like that's great man well blade runner 2049 is like the movie that like opened people's (laughs) minds to him being a really good like he's emotional actor goodness um and I hate to say it, Micah, but uh, his performance here is much better than his work in Glass Onion, which is also good. Yeah. No, I'm just a, talking modern. I don't, I don't hate to say it. Just, <laughs> yeah, his performance is much better much here. Better. And I really yeah. love his. I mean, he's fun in Glass Onion, <laughs> he's funny but Glass Onion. Onion isn't like a standout for its performances, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. No, I know. I know. I just thought it was interesting since there's another another like modern movie where he didn't really like blow me away, but he is also fun. You oh, know? No, I really like him in, yeah. in Glass Onion. I will say I really like his um, uh, sacrifice scene in this movie, too. Right. It's so good. It's one of the best ones, I think. Man, and that I, shot. I just love his character in general, dude. There's this like great like minute and a half tracking shot, like where it where it pushes in and then slowly cuts off his head, like pushing down towards his like torso, and it's such a good shot. It's oh man, <laughs> and it's paced just so perfectly. But yeah, during his little amazing, monologue yeah. and everything. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I oh I love his character so much. I would take an entire prequel movie just about him. Leonard prequel. Just about him. It's like a sports movie. A, yeah, being at a school, coaching some kids, <laughs> being would, a bartender on the side. That's so good. That would be good. Give me that. <laughs> get the get the author to write a prequel novel. Get Shyamalan to get do Shyamalan. it. Oh no! And just tell him you can't do any thriller elements. <laughs> it can't be actually connected to the story of Knock at the Cabin. It's just gonna be a sweet movie. Okay, Micah. Then we'll get a post credit scene with him having visions. Oh no! It's gonna. It would happen. It would. I happen. guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, is there is there anything else you wanted to bring up? I can't really. That was really the, that was the big anything. other that's, thing that I wanted to like, mention. That's like the movie. Yeah, it's, it's not like a very movie. long movie. It did not much happens. They go. It's a very straightforward movie. Like you, you say the premise and you say the ending, and you can pretty much fill out the 
<laughs> yeah, we even we you even know? mentioned the flashbacks. I think the flashbacks are really effective they're, and they're really brilliant, good. man. Because um, they're they're like, just brief say, enough that they don't interrupt the. They're very uh, yeah, they're yeah. very short and they're very well placed mm-hmm. uh, and like downbeats of in the story. It's great, man. So it's that's fantastic, and it's really good. Really, my biggest thing is it just doesn't fully hit it out of the park at the end. Yeah, um, and I tend to agree. Um, just it's just not as big of a detractor for me. And yeah, I really don't understand the complaint about I don't the dialogue. Get the hate. In this I don't one. get the hate for this movie. No, just in general, I mean, people just don't like Shyamalan movies that much. So a lot of a lot of baggage is brought with I people guess. when they go to a Shyamalan movie. Watch the movie, guys. Um, but I don't understand. Like I still don't understand the complaint <laughs> about like laughing at the dialogue and everything. Like I saw like a person. I mean, that's go a on, very subjective. I saw a thing. person go on for a while though about the he likes pancakes line. Like that was that's well, a great line. What's wrong? Well, like even if it's, I don't even consider it to be a great line. But the way, like, but the what way is what's wrong in, with yeah. that line? Like I don't know. oh he, like they were being like oh yeah what kid doesn't like pancakes? like oh like gosh. that was that what they were making fun of it. I was just like what what are you talking about? Why why are you like this? I I actually is it is it bad that I teared up at the he likes pancakes line? Is that Robbie, is that a she's, bad sign? She's intentionally lying about having a kid. <laughs> no, he she has a kid. No, she's lying about it. What do you mean? They literally, like, a two scenes... They show the picture of her kid yeah, with whatever. the hat and everything, like, at her food truck. That's not inherently her kid, Ruffy. Oh, my God. She, like, they set up, like, two scenes earlier that she's going to say whatever she has to. I mean, yeah, but she does have a kid. Uh, I'm that, pretty that's sure. That's probably, like, her niece oh or, so, or nephew, I mean. Oh, my gosh. I don't believe it. Listen, man, <laughs> I was I was crying... Everyone was crying in the theater. It was it was a pool of tears. I don't think anyone else was crying in the theater. <laughs> the pancake line. <laughs> but no, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. People get really weird with Shyamalan movies. I feel like a lot of people don't give them the time of day just because of the baggage and weird dislike towards him. I'm not saying He's that done, they're racist, he... but I'm I'm not saying that they're not racist. Right. I mean. <laughs> Like, yeah, he's done some bad movies. I'll agree with that. He's made some laughable movies, but he's genuinely a pretty decent director. He's a very talented Um, director who gets, like, weird hang-ups sometimes. I was about to say, we talked about some of his weird problems in old, but a lot of those problems aren't present in this one because of how they wrote the movie. I don't Mm -hmm. think the dialogue's nearly as bad as it is in old. Like, I don't know. Old is kind of silly. What are you, what are you talking (laughs) about with this, like, with hating the dialogue in this? Like, it's just very simple. It's, it's not like the best part of the movie. I I wouldn't shout out the dialogue. You wouldn't be like, hey, shout out to the the person who wrote the dialogue, which I I assume was mostly Shamal. But I wasn't like, (laughs) ah ha ha. He said, he likes pancakes. What a, what a stupid line. What a silly line. Every kid likes pancakes. I'm dying in the studio, guys. I was about to say, Micah's, Micah's not stopped coughing since we started recording. Yeah, my nose this is segment. my nose is running too. It's 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 all bad. Okay, um, so let's finish this up. <laughs> right. this I'm up. about to just cough a bunch. Okay, um, I gave it a five. I think everyone should go watch it. I think it's probably Shyamalan's best movie, if not maybe like his second or third best. So, what what about you, Micah? Any any closing statement? I gave it a four and a half, and yeah. I really love it, and I think it's very interesting. I wish it was just a twin better because i would really really love it (laughs) if it was as is it's a really really fun movie but it's not my favorite that i would like jump back to a bunch yeah but it's one that i would definitely watch probably anytime especially with how well it's made like just the 
all of the technical elements are fantastic. Yeah. I would watch it again just for its like pacing and cinematography and everything. But yeah, it's, it's a very great. cool movie with a very cool message. I like its representation and its religious themes, and it's cool. You should go watch it. And uh, I guess we will now move on to our next segment. Yes. Alright, so for those of you who are new to the podcast or have just never listened this far, uh, the What We Watched segment is a little thing we do at the end where we talk about all the movies we've seen since our last episode, and we give brief thoughts and ratings and opinions, and we we, we have fun. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. <laughs> wow. Uh, this time we're going from the 8th, which was when we did Willy Wonka, yeah, we May did the 8th. episode. Yes. So... We are going from the 8th to the, I guess, 15th. Current day. Current day. Well, the 16th, technically. Well, we, but, I mean, no, we haven't no, watched the 15th today, really. so. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I think, I guess, yeah, I'll start because I have, uh, on the 9th, <laughs> I watched uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. Um, you watched it, Mike? I thought it was a, a missing movie, a, which an is unmade the, movie. Which is the name of a documentary <laughs> that came out in 2013 ah. about... Uh, the production of Yodorovsky's Dune. And hey, it was a very weird uh, documentary. Very, <laughs> very weird. Wasn't wasn't thrilled with it. It has no credited writer, which I mm. think is a bad thing. <laughs> and it really, really just comes off as like Yodorovsky propaganda. It's literally just <laughs> a bunch of people talking about how genius their idea was and how holy the production was and how blessed and smart and ahead of their time and influential and like literally just amazingly great everything about the production was and then they're like oh but the studios just couldn't handle it the studios couldn't they handle couldn't, they can't handle the truth they can't they can't handle Jodorowsky's intellect <laughs> and his vision he said the movie was going to change the world. I mean, is that is that a bad thing, Micah? That's not really a criticism. You're just stating what it is. Well, I think it's just a poorly one-sided... Oh, okay. Like, it's, well, it's a very biased documentary that <laughs> yes. makes it very uninteresting to watch when clearly what they're talking about, they're <laughs> making poor decisions as a production. Mm. And it's just a very weird tonal documentary to hear all of these people <laughs> talk about how they're geniuses actually when the decisions they're making are just not smart. Uh, but it's still very interesting to learn about, but honestly, it wasn't a very good documentary. Hmm. Uh, I gave it a three out of five. Very interesting. Um, well, on the ninth, we went out to the theater and we watched a little film called, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, AKA the best movie of the year. <laughs> AKA the best movie of the year over Knock Out the Cabin. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I hate to say it, but, uh... <laughs> but yeah, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Very, very yes. cool movie. It's directed by uh, Kelly Fremen Craig, I think is how you say it. I don't know. Just Kelly Craig. <laughs> I don't, it, uh, look at her name. I don't know. Like, you got Dune Brain. Like, what, how would you say that? Kelly Freeman Craig, probably, is yeah, how it's whatever. pronounced. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, the director of uh, The Edge of Seventeen. The very talented director, apparently. And this is the first movie we've seen from her, because we still haven't caught... Yeah, you, I haven't uh, seen... We haven't seen The Edge of Seventeen yet, though I really want to. Yeah, especially um, after seeing this, man. And man, this is just really good. I didn't know the story, but I mean, 
it sounds like it's, it seems like it's a pretty faithful adaptation <laughs> of the story and it does such a good job of tying in its like religious themes and its themes of being an adolescent girl right and, like tying those together and what it means to believe in god and grow up and the family stuff i was about to say religion it's, it's got so much to say about so many different topics and it just weaves it all together in such a masterful way the cast is I, I don't fantastic kathy bates benny safty rachel mcadams that's that's crazy even abby fortson um yeah abby Ryder fortson is really really good she's amazing role. here um, oh my goodness <laughs> so like it's a very cool movie and i Finding out that the book was, like, banned and everything is so stupid. Why are people like this? So silly. Like the Why re- would they do that? Like, ooh, it's young adolescent girls talking like young adolescent girls. <laughs> ooh, ooh, puberty. Yeah. No, Scary. I, I honestly, I get why it was banned back in the day, but, like, it's a little silly now. It, this book wasn't that old, though, I didn't think. Like, it's it was... not that old, no. It's not, like, uh, but, like, I don't know. I could see it be, I could even see it being banned nowadays. Yeah, it's just, just for it's dumb just reasons. stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I, that, I think that's, uh, it really annoys me. I <laughs> yeah. think that's stupid. But I think the movie is genuinely really sweet. It's amazing. And really man. well tied together surprising like i don't know for some I'm reason shocked. it feels yeah it feels like it should be worse than it is like i'm like oh yeah are you there god it's me margaret that's that's a kid's movie or something <laughs> i don't know like there's just something in my mind that's like oh that shouldn't be that good but it's really it's really well done well it manages to feel i don't know not juvenile is like a bad word for it i think but it manages to feel like very young spirited while also being very maturely written yeah if that makes sense no it feels like you're watching a movie made for kids yeah but it does a really good job at also bringing good questions and mature themes to the table exactly yeah no and i i honestly do think it's the best movie i've seen that from this year that like this release uh, yeah at the, first, at the moment it's my top movie of the year it's so it's so amazing go watch it do yourself a favor go watch are you there god it's me margaret definitely there you are Ravi. knock at the cabin and are you there god it's me margaret <laughs> having religious themes exactly what's happening um i gave it a five out of five i thought it was i give it a four and a half out of five <laughs> very nice uh then on the 10th on the 10th I watched, or rather rewatched, After Sun. It's my first rewatch. Very excited to get back to it. It's such a good movie. I watched (laughs) it with my girlfriend, Haley, and she uh, hated me for turning it on because it it touches on a lot of things that are very personally emotional for her. And she she was not, she was like, oh, we were having a nice, fun hangout and then you turned on this and i was like oh i'm sorry but Micah, she did really like it after sun is literally crying in the closet <laughs> right but she did she did she did like it uh, but it was you know <laughs> it was a lot for her but anyway i love after sun probably one of the greatest movies ever made paul mescal amazing uh, yeah the cinematography and the use of <laughs> negative space amazing the direction, the editing, the pacing, everything about this movie, I think, is pretty much perfect, and makes such a, such a tragic but bitter, like sweet, per, like movie. It's so cool. It's so good. I love it. After, after Sun, Sun Rocks. I watch After Sun. I give it a five out of five. <laughs> Heck yeah. 
Um, while you were watching that, I watched a uh, Disney nature documentary called Growing Up Wild about Whoa. little baby animals, and they were doing baby animal stuff. Wham, a baby animal. For for a whole 77 minutes. That's what I imagine it was like. It's and, just like, wham, a baby well, animal. Well, like, there was like the baby bear, and they were like, wham, a baby bear. <laughs> and there was the baby chimp, and it was like, ah, I'm a baby chimp. Uh, there was the baby yeah. leopards. It, you you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's about what I would imagine. <laughs> um, I gave it a three out of five. I don't know. I I liked it generally, but it, it's not anything spectacular by any stretch. It's just mostly, you know, just whatever. It's it's nice to have on in the background, I guess. Um, but yeah, growing up wild, three out of five. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> then watch Remy. Uh, then we sat down and we watched the um, Arrow 4K uh, remaster. Uh, I don't know, retransfer. I don't know what uh, it's called. Who knows? Um, of Dune. Dune. 1984. Dune. Yeah, 1984's Dune. Um, I'm doing this uh, specifically. Oh, look! I didn't notice. It's the hand of God. Yeah, the hand of God's on the poster. Mike. Notice that. Come anyway, on, get with the program. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm doing a video on this. It's it's. I, would t- I mentioned that earlier. Oh yeah, specifically on Lynch's Dune. Yeah, right. it's specifically on Lynch's Dune. Uh, it, it's very long, and I'm gonna try and edit it today. So that's really exciting. Uh, <laughs> but I honestly don't want to get into my thoughts on Dune. If you want to f- hear my thoughts Whoa. on Dune. There, you can hear them, but I like Dune. It's exclusive now. <laughs> I like Dune, I really do. Uh, but I gave it a three. Um, I also gave it a three. It's got a very rickety first half and a incomprehensible <laughs> second half. Um, but I really do like um, its like visual effects and you know some of its casting and like I don't know a lot of its some of its casting. Yeah, some of I don't know, man. Some of its cast. I don't know about that, but. <laughs> I really like its effects and, like, art direction and everything. I, I can at least enjoy it for that. But uh, outside of that, it's a very uh, weird and kind of off-putting and unengaging movie. Um, but I gave it a 3 out of 5. I, I generally enjoyed it, but I don't know how likely I am to ever watch it again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, I guess, on the 12th, I watched a film called Distorted. A very, very indie thriller <laughs> uh, with Christina Ricci. Blah. Um, and it's, it's not bad. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> um, it, it's really well shot really is re- the biggest thing I can praise it for. Like it's cinematography is, I don't know. It, it's just surprisingly like competently shot. Like I, I was just surprised. Um, it's undercut by a lot of like silly stuff. Um, again, it's a, it's like a psychological thriller about like brainwashing government computers. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of silly, but I enjoyed it generally, so I gave it a 3 out of 5. Wow. It's called Distorted. <laughs> uh, then also on the 12th, we sat down and I rewatched and Robbie watched for the first time mm. The Favorite. A Yargos much better Lanthimos. movie. <laughs> um, Yargos Lanthimos, which, baby. Which, which, man, The Favorite. <laughs> What a movie. It's so good, man. What a movie. What a movie. I love I love this movie. It's it's honestly one of just like the most fun movies I could probably think of. <laughs> it's the cinematography obviously as most people mention is outstanding, but it's really amazing, the, the really the big standout for me even beyond like the editing and everything uh, is the performances. I just love the performances in this from the three leads so much and especially Emma Stone. This is just easily Emma Stone's best. I was best. about to say, this is, like, without a doubt her best role. Uh, La La Land might be close-ish, but, like, it, it's this not is, as... I don't dude, know. This shows her range a lot more. Right? I 
I still was like cheering when during that one moment when she like opens her eyes in the bed. I just think that's so sick. Like this movie just gets me invested so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I have some problems with it, mainly with its third act, uh, but not enough to really get me to lower it. I, it's it's a five out of five for me. I I muttered a few times like I'm like this is the best thing ever made kind of thing <laughs> with only a twinge of exaggeration. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's a visual masterwork. Um, it's got an amazing cast. It's incredibly well written. I don't know. It, it's everything I could really ask for from a movie. I was about to say, it's funny, <laughs> but it's got, a, it's got a good amount of tension. Uh-huh. It's got a really cool ending. I it's... just, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch another Lanthimos movie. I gotta watch, like, The Lobster or something yeah. next, I Lobster, think. Killing of the Sacred Deer. But yeah, I gave, it, I gave it a five things. out of five. I, I thought it was phenomenal. I also gave it a five out of five. Uh, then, Rabbi, <laughs> what did you watch? I watched a film called Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Wow, I've never heard of. You never heard of a little little film called Austin Powers, Micah. It's got Mike Myers as Shrek. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I didn't really know what to expect from it since I had never really seen anything from Austin Powers, like even like clips or anything. So. I don't know. I, it's satire of like Bond stuff very plainly. Um, worked pretty well for me, and I thought it was funny. Uh, I don't know, and I thought the romance grounded it in a very, a very nice way. Like it felt like a very pleasant movie, which I was not expecting. <laughs> I a lot of old comedies tend to feel kind of gross-ish, um, and this didn't really have that. Um, it has some like weird transphobic stuff, but like. It is a 90s comedy, so I don't know what I expected. <laughs> um, Peter Deming, one of my favorite cinematographers, shot it, so it looks really good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just thought it was I thought it was solid, and it's really funny. So yeah, I gave it a 4 out of 5. And good stuff. Also on the, uh, the, 14th? the 14th, I watched uh, Lupin the Third, Lupin Voyage the Third. to Danger. Voyage to Danger. <laughs> Why'd they go to Danger, Micah? Because they got a voyage to the danger, ready? <laughs> the danger uh, zone. Which... I don't know. I'm a sucker for these movies. <laughs> I love. Like I loved third, this movie. Yeah. I think it was really fun. I loved what they did with the dynamics. <laughs> I love the new character. <laughs> I loved the fact that the inspector works with them, and they work with him. It's the really, inspector's like the best it's, character. <laughs> it's so much fun. And how do, there? There's there is one person who has given this a half star on Letterbox. One person who has given it one star on Letterbox. Oh my and goodness. two people who have given it one and a half stars. And how do you feel, <laughs> you four people? How do your miserable lives feel hating on this movie? I was about to say, how, like, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine you watch a Lupin the Third movie, especially one of the more obscure ones, without, like, loving Lupin the Third, you know? <laughs> but I don't know. It's really fun. It's just, There's not much to say about it. I mean, it's a Lupin the Third movie, and this one is just one of the... It's kind of like when you watch the Scooby-Doo movies and like, you know, you watch some of them and you're like, yeah, that's yeah. just like one of the Scooby-Doo movies. It's one of them, yeah. This is, this has, this doesn't have anything like super standout, but it is really fun. And nice. I love, I loved the, that the whole gang was here working with the inspector. The gang's all here. I love the inspector so much from, from these movies. It's so good. And Lupin's just really fun in this one. I, I enjoyed him personally in this. Very nice. Uh, 90s, 90s Lupin. Nice. But I gave it a four out of five. 
Very cool. And then we we sat down and we streamed Knock at the Cabin. Sadly, we we did not go <laughs> back out to the theater to watch it a second it's not time. Not in any theaters. I know. <laughs> I feel I did feel like I was doing it a disservice not watching it yeah. in like HDR. It was at least. a lot. It was a lot better watching it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to shout out. I started uh, the woman called Fujiko Mine. Mm. The woman called Fujiko Mine, which uh, is one of the it's most a TV show. Uh, acclaimed <laughs> shows from the Lupin series. Very nice. And it's been very very good so far i'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes i guess if we're shouting out like shows we're watching i started uh christopher miller's apple tv plus show the after party uh and it's been pretty fun so far i i mentioned that it's pretty much like a perfect marriage of like apple tv plus isms in their production (laughs) and christopher miller's like stylistic sensibilities and his writing and direction and everything (laughs) Um, so it's fun, but it's not like the best thing he's worked on. So yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see how it ends up wrapping up. I'm only like three episodes in. So, <laughs> well, that is all we've watched. That's what we watched it. over the past week. Um, we'll probably catch you guys next week with uh, Alien Resurrection, yeah, which apparently has Ripley <laughs> shooting hoops, having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> Ripley will never be balling. Never be balling exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to see Resurrection. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Go go, go watch After Sun. <laughs> go watch After go Sun. Go watch Are You There, God? It's me, Mark. Oh my goodness, yes. Please go watch Are You There, God? Go, wa- me, go watch a Lupin movie. Go watch oh, Castle Cagoristo. is so good. <laughs> go watch that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, go watch movies. Go watch and, some good movies. Yeah. And uh, keep, a, keep a lookout on my channel, M. Grayway mm-hmm. Films. Uh, linked in the link, description. Linked in the description because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working on a new big video. It's probably going to be my longest video. And I'm really excited, <laughs> and I really liked the script, so very cool. It, it might be good. Who knows? <laughs> You'll have to find out. I'll have to find out. <laughs> but yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.